Hey everyone, and welcome back. Uh, don't worry, this is a regular episode, but before we get into it, I wanted to tell you about one thing really quick. Um, DN Frost, who designed our official map of the Human Realms of Jordan, has an exciting new release on her website. It's entitled How to Make Fantasy Maps in Photoshop, and it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a step-by-step guide with how-to pictures and and, and everything. Um, Dan did an awesome job on our map, uh, so if you've got any interest in fantasy world-building or cartography or anything like that, uh, this should be a great resource for you. Uh, So right now through June 23rd, it is available as a free PDF download on her website, dnfrost.com. So hop on that if you think it might be useful to you. Okay, now on to the premiere of Chapter 2. I am proud to say that this is our first script that was written collaboratively with the cast, so I could gloat about it without being a total asshole, but I think I will let the work speak for itself. Enjoy! The Once and Future Nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. The Once and Future Nerd, Book Two, Myth Made Flesh. Chapter Two, What Used to Be Enough. Part One, by Rhiannon Angel, Ian Harkins, and Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Okay, let's calm down before we get hurt. Yeah, someone's gonna get hurt. <laughs> Answer my question, you splinterful fuck. Did you know? I don't know what it is, okay, okay. you... Clearly she's delirious. <clears throat> Just leave for now. And leave you alone with her? Sam Billy. I think Sir Brennan would Billy, be Billy, a... okay? Just trust uh, me. Fuck you! <laughs> Stay right the fuck here and answer me. You'll recall it was thus that Yellowine was unceremoniously dismissed from the quarters of the queen he ostensibly served. To his credit, he did do as Jen asked him. Billy. You could knock, Weenie. It's a tent. One of these days, you're going to walk in on me and your mom. (sighs) Jen's called for you. Seems urgent. Well, what are you shitting around for, then? Yo, wait up! She's up? I must go to her. Give me just a moment. If you wish. She's not forbidden you. Yellowin spent a few minutes wandering the Freehold camp, aimless and frustrated. At last, though, he did bring himself to the tent where Sir Brennan slept, the old knight having watched over Regan through the night. Sir Brennan? Aye! Uh, <clears throat> Yellowin, is anything wrong with Her Majesty? I thought you should know she's awoken. Ha! Excellent news indeed. I must go see her at once. How are her spirits? She is certainly spirited. Good, 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 good. Let us go. Well, that is the peculiar thing. She was very agitated when she woke. I was sent away to fetch Billy, which I've done. But 
when I politely suggested you might be of more help, frankly, Jen insisted otherwise. That is odd. That was when Brennan saw the ash and soot on the bottom of his own boot. Grim souvenirs of the fire in the forest. But if those are Her Majesty's wishes, we had better heed them. They weren't, necessarily. It was Jen who gave me those instructions, and though the Queen did not object, we might still be within our rights. Nia says Jen has already surpassed her in her skills as a healer. Best not to interfere. Sir Brennan, I have tried to ask politely, so now I must be blunt. Until Her Majesty declares herself, there is no House Gwenatal as far as the law is concerned, and therefore no Kaltir to House Gwenatal, which is to say I serve you and her at my own pleasure. Aye, it's greatly appreciated. I don't believe it is, and I must now insist that I be somewhat better informed as to Her Majesty's affairs. Your request is not unreasonable, Kaltir. Brennan approached Yellowin and placed a strong but friendly hand on the elf's shoulder. I'll voice your request myself. In the presence of everyone, as soon as she's through this ordeal. Does that sound fair? That reminds me, Nia said she'd require willow bark to treat Her Majesty's pain. Come, let us go to the forest and gather- I will not! Yellowin shrugged off Brennan's hand and backed away. I did enough of your chores the other day atop General Riverfell's ramparts. The same day I saw you riding west as though Garidian's ghouls were on your tail. Now, if you do not tell me what Her Majesty was doing out west, I shall go and ask her myself. Kaltir, you must understand before you act rashly. Very well! Yellowin kicked a cloud of dust towards <coughs> Brennan and took off in the other direction. God damn it! The old veteran gave chase, but catching up to the famously nimble young elf was a terribly tall task. Meanwhile, in the foothills south of the ruined keep at Blackhold, Relotit, Lord Commander of the Elven Knights of the Wood, oversaw the digging of a large pit filled with dry wood. Her usually stern features broke into a smile as she watched a small group of her outriders approach. They led a cart, loaded with the broken, mangled bodies of orcs who had been lucky enough, I use the term loosely here, to briefly escape captivity and extend their lives by a few short hours. Ah, Sergeant Samim. I see you've had good hunting. Yes, Taid, and might I say how these new horses earned their keep? I should hope so, with how much I had to fight the High Council to get them. Uh, uh, Taid, far be it from me to question any of your orders, but, but might I inquire, purely for my own edification, why we did not march them back across the Black Mountains before the Cullen? To the unlearned, it would seem that would reduce the risk of escapees being found by the Memia. Because, Sergeant, I have the experience to know these are certainly not the only loose threads for us to cut after a battle such as we've had. It's a week's ride across the mountains in perfect weather. Perhaps you'd prefer us to be stranded over there for a fortnight while the Eastern realms spiral out of our control? Uh, uh, thank you for your tactical insight, Taheed. Now get these unloaded and throw them in with the rest. <laughs> yes, Taheed. Shame that these old orcs are such poor sport. <clears throat> our new recruits could use better target practice. The time for sport has passed, Sergeant. We must always mind the hierarchy for objectives. This business was far too sloppy for my liking. It won't happen again. <laughs> Tight. Why is this one all wet? Found in the river east of Freehold. 
Perhaps she was fool enough to think the water would hide her stink. Might have floated all the way to Brimshire if we hadn't ridden so hard. Well, then it seems you should have ridden harder still. Or was I unclear about the importance of discretion? Tahid, she was already- Did I ask you to speak, Sergeant? Gods, I'd to have the lot of you flogged, but I'll need your sore asses in a saddle every waking hour to fix this mess. Now please tell me her pup is in the pile with the rest. Her pup, Taid? Rilo Teet's already stern face curled into a snarl. You left the pup behind? She was alone, Taid. Are you ignorant or willfully stupid? Orcs wear that garment for one purpose only, nursing their young. Ree gestured towards a strip of cloth slung from the dead orc's shoulder to her waist. With all due respect, Taid, we detected no others nearby and were, were quite thorough in our search. If she had a child, we would have heard it. They may be savage, but surely not even a savage would run without her babe. Surely? Ree walked briskly towards her underling, drawing her shining saber from the sheath across her back. Taid! And then she knelt by the corpse. <sighs> Sweet listener. I should very much prefer to spare you from the gruesome particulars of what happened next. But if there is one thing I hope you have learned from our story thus far, it is that sometimes the less one wants to know how the sausage gets made, well, the more one needs to learn it. In one smooth motion, the leader of the Talahil sliced through the cloth that covered the orcish woman's naked chest, held up a breast in a mailed fist, and roughly cut it from the woman's corpse. She tossed the appendage to her lieutenant, who caught it fluidly. Now what say you? Uh, The flesh is waterlogged, Taid. But you are correct, her mammary glands are engorged. I shall go back to the river at once. The child could not have gotten far on its own. No, Sergeant. I'm certain your bungling has done enough harm for one day. I'll return to the river and find the little wretch myself. You go south to that cave. Bring me back this shield of so-called legend, and perhaps you can keep your rank. I'm to go alone, Taid? Take a recruit with you. If you die, I'd have some reconnaissance on the trap that killed you. Taid, uh, if I may... What is it? We passed a Memiet Inn upriver, this corpse, perhaps... Yes, yes, I know that one. A good suggestion, Samin, though not enough to outweigh your errors today. Yes, Taid. Were my orders unclear? Sergeant Samin saluted his commander, then scurried away. Rilotit gathered the fabric she'd torn from the orc's body. She studied the cloth, adorned with clumsily stitched yellow birds, frayed, worn, loved. She brought it to her nose and breathed deep. Not far away, at least not nearly far enough for my liking, Arlene and Madame Bailey worked outside the horse's head. Arlene somewhat awkwardly attempted to fold sheets, while Bailey, also awkwardly, held the mercifully sleeping child. I tell you, Anna, another night like that and I'll have to put you in the stables. I can't have my guests kept up all night with this one's caterwauling. Of course, now he sleeps, the wee monster. I'm so sorry, Miss Bailey. I'm sure Gail will be back by tomorrow at the very latest. We'll secure a better place for him. Galladin's grapes, girl! You'd think you never did laundry a day in your life. You don't roll it into a ball. You lay it out flat and... ah, Here, take the wee one. Let me do this. Arlene gingerly accepted the swaddled bundle from Madame Bailey. For she's gathered her skirts above the knee And she's gone to the wishing well to see 
If the man that she loves waits for her all alone at the And as Arlene sang to the child, utterly ignoring the finer points of linen care, she absently fingered the embroidery on its blanket, adorned with clumsily stitched yellow birds, frayed, worn, loved. Oh, Gail, please, please hurry. Now, I needn't remind you that while Yellowween had been wandering the freehold camp, Billy and Nelson had arrived at Regan's sickbed and heard her tale of grisly slaughter. Nia had arrived shortly thereafter. The Queen was understandably loath to repeat her story for the third time in an hour, but her hand had quite literally been tipped when Nia discovered a skull-shaped burn mark on her palm. And so we'll pick up the tale with Nia having just heard of the horrors of that western forest. She sat wide-eyed as the colour left her face. Gallatin's mercy! Such wanton cruelty! Yeah, well, those fuckers don't know me. I'm gonna show him wanton cruelty. Now someone go get me that pointy-eared piece of shit. Yes, we must ask Yiluin to tell his parents on the High Council. What? Did you hear what the fuck I just said? Surely such barbarism, such butchery, is not condoned by the elven leadership. Why not? Nelson, the elves are... They are agents of order and blessed among the people of this world. What, what order? The order where, where hundreds of kids get shot? No, that's my point. Realitate's actions are clearly some monstrous perversion of the High Council's intentions. And if they knew about it, they could put a stop to it. Or more likely, they can put a stop to us to keep us quiet. Now, I'm serious. Somebody will get me that splinter pool fuck. You're squeamish about killing him? Fine, we could use a hostage, but keep him the fuck here. Your grace... You were quick to point out Realitit's secrecy regarding this sortie. Wouldn't that indicate her not wanting the High Council to know? Or more likely, the High Council not wanting any of us sorry sons of bitches to know. What need would the High Council have of secrecy? When dealing with external threats to the human realms, which is to say orcs, the Council's will is law. Oh, fuck it. (laughs) Where in Galadin's name are you going, Your Grace? Since I'm the only one who seems to care about keeping us alive, I have to go get that two-faced asshole myself. At that exact moment, Regan would not have needed to look terribly far for Yellowin. For after his futile argument with Brennan, he was sprinting towards their tent and was just now close enough that his elvish ears could more or less make out the proceedings. I care about keeping us alive. I have to go get that two-faced asshole myself. Yellowin's been lying to our faces all this time while his buddies murder children. Yeah, while crying mothers watched. If it was up to me, I'd cut his cock off and feed it to him. But one way or another, we gotta keep him here before he rats on us to his friends. Because if I was them, I'd be thinking about tying up loose ends right about now. Starting with the dumbass humans poking around my shit. Fine. So we keep the Caltia here. But I must say he may surprise you with his loyalty. I doubt that. I need not tell you the look of dejection that came over Yellowin's face as he heard this all. Kaldir, let us please talk through this. Billy, get Brennan. Tell him I'm alive, but he needs to shackle Yellowin right now. As Billy stepped out of Regan's tent, he came face to face with Yellowin and Brennan, standing a mere 20 yards away. For a brief, tense moment, Billy and Yellowin locked eyes. Yo, weenie. 
been out here long? What is going... Yellowin threw an elbow into Brennan's gut and darted away. Shit! We're supposed to shackle him! Save your breath, lad. You'll not catch him on foot. God's help us. In a frantic near sprint, Brennan all but dragged Billy back into Regan's tent. What has Yellowin just heard? I'll tell you later. First get him. He's gone. Well, fucking go get him now! He's a faster runner and rider than any of us. We'll need to outmaneuver rather than outrace him. But I must know what he's heard to do that. Does he know you were spying on the Tarlow Hill? Not unless he's been there a while. That is Will. But he knows we know about his friends being child killers and that I intend to make him pay for it. And he probably did hear Her Majesty threaten to dismember him. Dis... what you mean, child killers? Short version? What Rilo Teet didn't want us to see out west was she was marching hundreds of orc women and children until they couldn't walk and then shooting them all to death. Ah, clearly there's been a grave misunderstanding, which I think I can explain. Would you like help off of the floor? There's no misunderstanding. Fuck me. <sighs> no misunderstanding. Saw it with my own damn eyes. To start, there's no difference in the savagery of male and female orcs. Both are equally vicious. Uh, can I, can I push back on that just a little? Yeah, I'll push back. You're fucking wrong, Brennan. These women were unarmed, and they were trying to protect their children. And I'm short on time and patience for you to second-guess me. I would not second-guess your grace. Only offer hard-earned wisdom to better inform your decisions. Now, you say children, but I must wonder... Chill. Dren. To emphasize her point, Regan held up the palm of her burnt hand for Brennan to see. It still bore the unmistakable impression of the infant orc's skull seared into her flesh. Despite himself, Brennan recoiled slightly. What in Galadin's name is that? It struck me too. It appears to be the visage of one of their young. A babe, it seems. No, you're mistaken. A smaller breed, perhaps, but orcs don't have wee little babes. They're pulled nearly full-grown from pits of mud. Okay, that's obviously not true. There's a lot I don't know about this world, but flies don't spontaneously generate from meat. I really doubt that sentient humanoids just pop out fully grown from mud. I know it beggars belief. But my eyes fucking don't. And I know what a grieving mother looks like, Brennan. Of course the summary execution of unarmed prisoners of war is troubling. It's a god's damn sight more than troubling, but sure, close enough. We need a plan, and fast. Aye, this is where your decision to spy complicates matters. That will make it very hard to explain how you came by this knowledge, but I'll think of something. Hard to explain to who? The Elven High Council, of course. Thank oh, you, come Sir the fuck on. Obviously, Commander Relatid has to be made to give an account of herself. A petition should be made for redress. Provisions for prisoners of war are made very clear in the Second Concordat. Is anybody fucking listening to me? Your Majesty, they will be the first to condemn and to discipline her for her troops' overreaction in the field. Overreaction? Aye, my queen. This was a well-planned massacre. Did Relatid give an order to kill them all? She didn't say it out loud, but that's not- Then what you witnessed was a tragic failure of discipline for which the Lord Commander must answer. You're not hearing me. They were disciplined. They didn't look panicked. They looked like their dicks were hard for anyone to do something so they had an excuse to start shooting. 
I understand that what you witnessed seems callous, your grace. But I speak from experience when I say that these things can get out of hand. To be in close quarters with such dangerous creatures as the orcs are, we'll put the best soldiers in the world on edge. How in the fuck have I become the moral guidepost of this outfit? Tell me something, Brennan. If you're such an expert in combat, you see a little mule and thing that can't even walk latched onto its mom's tit. Under what circumstances is that thing going to scare you enough to shoot it? Nothing coming to you? Good, because if you have an answer for that, you're an awful soldier and a goddamn coward to boot. Your grace, it is right and good for a queen to be outraged by needless violence. But that outrage must be properly directed. And right now, the proper course is to tell the High Council and let them tend to their own affairs. With your leave, I'll go to them and- Fuck no, do you have a death wish? If I go quickly, I can lessen the harm of your misunderstanding with Yellowing. Brennan, listen to me. I know right in my guts, the second the elves find out we know what we know, we're going to have the world's biggest bullseyes on our backs. You go there, you're just going to get yourself killed first. So no, you do not have my leave. What would you have me do then, your grace? If you can't stop Yellowing getting to the White Forest, then draw me up a battle plan. A battle plan? What's my first move, last resort, and endgame if I want to survive a war against the elves? Why in Selberin would we go to war with them? I'd go to war with them because they're fucking monsters and because fuck them. But we're going to be at war whether we like it or not once Yellowing rats. I cannot do that, your grace. You can't? To start with, it's not a winnable fight. Then make it a survivable fight. You survive it by not fighting it. We survive it by not sitting around waiting to die. Your grace, the elves are the keepers of order in this world. And the orcs are agents of chaos. This is the one fight in which I will not back you. I command it. Aye. I feared you might. I'll not do it. Nia, my memory is hazy. Would you please remind us all of the vow Brennan of Greyfield took when I knighted him? I know what I vowed, your grace. Say the words, Nia. Perhaps we should all let our hearts and tongues cool before Say we... the fucking words. <clears throat> Sir Brennan, you swore you would bring honor to your liege in all you do, and obey her every order. May Galadin help you. Aye. Why don't you go on, Nia? Your grace, in exchange, you vowed you would never give your knight a command which would bring a disorder or disgrace. This command of yours would bring untold disorder. And to the memory of all my fallen kin, and to all the people, armed and unarmed, who I've seen savaged and brutalized by the orcish hordes, it would bring intolerable disgrace. And so I must refuse. Leave, Brennan. Get out of my tent. Please let us not do this. Whatever we are about to face, we need each other more than ever. It is Her Majesty's right to dismiss me if I... I ain't dismissing you from shit. At least not yet. I want you to think, Brennan. I'll give you until dawn tomorrow, and I hope you realize how much that means I value your help. But whatever you say to me when you come back in here... You better be God's damn fucking sure you mean it. I, that I shall. Then Brennan was gone, a dread silence filling the tent in his formidable wake.
The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Klaas and Christian T. Kelly Madeira and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Paul Notis. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul, with second unit recording this chapter by Zach Valenti. Editing by Josh Perot. Post-production mixing and sound design by Garrett Schultz. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. (laughs) 